0: Hey, legends and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared, and joining me tonight are Liam and Sean. How are you Liam?
1: Good thanks mate. It's uh, Summer holidays are here as of today. I'm on holiday for the next uh, two or three weeks so that's that's going to be fun.
0: Lucky you, you bastard, wherever you're freezing off, you know, freezing their titties <laughs> off, you know how it is. Nah. Uh, well, fair, it's, it's, the,
1: it's the complete opposite here. I'm Bloody sweating like Jimmy Savile in a coma ward, I tell you.
0: Hey, there it is. <sighs> and how are you, Sean?
2: Yeah, good man. Uh, went out for a pint the other day and there was a freaking talking bear at the bar. Talking bear. said to me, That's a really nice haircut. I said, What's with a big pause? <laughs>
0: <laughs> terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering where you're going.
1: You know, I, I had a similar thing. I was in the pub a few weeks ago, and this the, the piano player had his wee pet monkey on the on the piano, and it just ran up and dipped its cock in my pint of Guinness. We're up to the piano man. I said, "Hey, do you know your monkey's just dipped its cock in my pint?" He said, "No, but if you start singing it, maybe I'll pick it up." <sighs>
0: <laughs> hey oh, i wanted that one i hit the wrong one then anyway <laughs> all right so just before we start thanks everyone for tuning in uh, if you're listening and you haven't done so please subscribe to the something under podcast during using your podcast app uh, pretty much on all the main ones out there so yeah we appreciate any support if you're watching on youtube what's wrong with you why well, do you want to see these rough looking faces <laughs> um, however, thanks for the support. Please subscribe on there too. Hit the notification bell so you know once our show goes live each Wednesday. So, tonight's podcast season starting on the weekend. A couple of things to discuss. Mainly, this time of year, we do our fearless predictions on the Celtic 10 Under podcast. This is the third year of it. And every year, we get more and more little questions or predictions made. So, for any Rangers fans who tune in and screen grab this, have fun. You're an idiot, but have fun. Thanks for watching, giving us extra downloads. But every Celtic fan, let us know what your um your what you think of these, what your predictions are when we get to them in the comment section as well. Wanna make the shows as interactive as possible. So we'll... for
1: those Rangers fans joining us on YouTube. Anyway, please continue. <laughs>
0: So what we'll do is we'll just start off with our last preseason game. I had the um I had the privilege with um to be on Axom's match day coverage. So basically what we did was we did a a Celtic Down Under and Axom combined show. So I was on, Lawrence and Kevin were on from Axom, and we just had it. we basically did the pre-game show, halftime post-game. It's really good fun. It's up on their YouTube channel as well, but we're going to be doing a few of those throughout the season. I'll try and get some of your other boys involved as well, where we uh, do a bit more work and cross-promoting cross everything with them because I've uh, got a really good relationship with them. So thanks, Paul, for having us on. And, yeah, let's uh, discuss the Celtic Norwich game. So, Sean, what was your thoughts on the game? It was a 2-0 yep. win for Celtic, obviously.
2: Yeah, it was It was very much like one of those games you see uh, during the season. Um uh, where, like, we do kind of are relatively comfortable in the game and then uh, but only manage to score two goals. Uh, two very nice goals, particularly the um, the Maeda one. Um, I know there's a lot of people pissing and moaning about uh, Juranovic being offside, but it was the Norwich defender that played it out to him. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit of a Moussa Dembele finish from Maeda. Very, very classy. And the, the Turnbull goal, again, it showed the, the power of the high press. because uh, it starts with the Norwich left back. And then Turnbull, I actually thought his kind of touch, turn and finish was a, reminded me a little bit of a kind of right-footed Tom Rogic. But yeah, Dean Smith's game, uh, comments after the game rather, were quite flattering, talking about yeah. this as like a, a well-oiled English Premiership side. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Like, I, I, I do what he said,
0: it? you're a potential Premier League type team. That was what he said.
2: Oh, so it wasn't flattering, it was condescending? No, okay, it, it was condescending.
0: Trying... We okay. got relegated from that league. You just beat us 2-0. But, you know, you're a potential Premier League team. Uh, well, you're a potential championship mob. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you're already in the championship, but your team's pretty crap, mate. So I'll try and re- rehash how I was going to say it. You're a potential cannon fodder for the likes of Millwall. That's all I have to say.
2: Potential League One team.
0: Yeah, there all you go. Right. That's what I meant, but anyway. <laughs> I don't care much for English football, as you could tell, so there you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Liam, what was your thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah, I thought it was um, It was good to see there was a, a very clear step up in intensity, in um, movement, and also in uh, just general play. Um Based on the previous week's friendlies, um, defence looked tighter, uh, tackling was better, um, passes were more accurate. Um, I just I felt like it's good to see week by week the team getting stronger and the you know the new faces getting absorbed more into the squad and the players that might be a bit rusty are, are starting to get back to where they should be. And it's uh, yeah, bring on uh, bring on the league now. I'm I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah, it's good to see the match fitness in the boys. A lot of guys getting a run out, getting getting some game time for me. That's what I was real happy with. It was good to see um, Moy get out there, even though his first, two of his first three touches were absolute. It uh, look, look like he was playing with concrete boots on. Um, Big Jens didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. I think he um, adds quite a bit there. So I'm pretty happy with him. Um, what do you boys think of the two new signings that they made the Celtic debuts?
2: Yeah, so that's good. Um, I was also we're more concerned about the uh, Gucci not getting off the bench. It made me kind of think, um, like if if your boys are just in the door getting a game and Gucci's not getting off the bench, like it makes me wonder if that injury that's just been reported today was actually pre-existing and maybe it's not as bad as they're making out. Um, I'm not sure.
1: Hmm. Yeah, there's been nothing in the press over here about, about Gucci's injury other than he's going to miss the start of the season. That was all, all it said. Um, but, uh, yeah, the I thought that um, Moy looks like he's still a good two or three weeks away from being up to match speed. You can tell that's a guy that's not been through a full pre-season in terms of training. Um, not his when fault, do, but that's just when what they- it is.
2: When did he last play a game? He was... February. February, yeah. So
0: Other than the Australian games that he played to get into the World Cup, his last club game was in February. That was something I said as well, Liam, on uh, Axon when I was on the pregame there. I was saying I see him as the sort that's going to take him a, a month or two to get up to speed because it's been so long for him since oh, February. The club, and he's Mate. missed the whole preseason. So realistically, right. we've got to give him till at least a month to get up to speed. But Andrew, bring him along not going to put him on if he doesn't think he can contribute when he's on the page.
2: Well, if he's not up to speed and Gucci's injured, then that means McCarthy could be seeing some game time early on.
1: Yep. That's progress, though, isn't it? You know, that's a position where at the start of last season, if one player were to get injured, we'd be like, oh, no, what are we going to do? No, it's like, okay, he might not be up to it. We'll play him. Oh, is he injured? We'll play him. You know, we've got so many options now. Um the squad depth has really come on in the last year i think which is um something that's maybe flown under the radar a wee bit because people have been on about individual players and individual performances just the the overall quality of the squad that we have at our disposal now is so much better than it was a year ago
0: that's the thing like i've said this as well on on our pod previously but it's a squad game now like realistically we're going to have 17 18 players there who uh, capable of starting and we won't lose much. So it'll more be, okay, what sort of centre-back pairing do, do they have? They've got a couple of big guys who want to smash, smash you around. So you probably start Jack and Marcus there instead of Kyogo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's horses for courses. So we'll be able to figure all that out. But, yeah, there's we've got a squad there. It's good to see, um, especially with some of the injuries we've got at the moment. I'm still not overly worried. There's a couple of positions I'd like to see strengthened, but as long as they, um, you know, some guys go out first, then there are options. So what we'll do is we'll bring up a couple of comments before we keep discussing this. So we'll start off with uh, where are we? Here we go, Paul Burrell, in the comments. How are you all doing? Paul tunes in. Comments on all our stuff on uh, Facebook and all that. So, thanks for watching again, Paul. We really appreciate that. How, hail, hail, Michael? Okay, this one here. Good to see you, lads. From my wife. So, I was you know,
2: that one looks a bit sus. <laughs> um, uh.
0: she was about to walk in right when I started recording, so I had to wave her off, going, "No, no, no," because she was worried about our internet issues we have out here all day. So, um, yeah.
2: She has to post gonna, comments on her YouTube to talk to you, Jared. Oh, I
0: thought I'd bring sad. that one up just, to, just for fun. <laughs> so when she listens in tomorrow, she sees it, she'll be like, Oh, you're a smart ass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now Michael uh, Ross has also put an actual comment there. So is McCarthy really an option? What do you reckon, Liam?
1: Yeah, yes. Um at, at uh, Scottish premiership level, absolutely yes. He's got the experience, he's got the ability. I don't think he's quite got at the absolute top level. I wouldn't want to be pitching him into a European game against Barcelona or something, but, you know, <laughs> a home game to Ross County in the League Cup or whatever, you know, fine. We're away to Ross County in the League Cup. But I'm just using that as an example. Um,
0: For me, you know, he's, he's all yeah, right. what you're saying is fine. For me, what we've got to get out of our minds is McCarthy, what we saw from him last season to now, at least now he's had a pre-season. Last year he came in on the exact same time that Moy's come in, training yep. on his own, no preseason, so he never really hit the ground running. So mm. we've got to separate last season McCarthy and this season McCarthy. I'd like to see something. I think he may be an option at, in the league, like you said, Liam. But mm. in Europe, no, nah, he's not an option.
1: Well, not yeah. not based on current form. That yeah. that's the thing, you know. Um, what? Well,
2: One point to make is that if you look at the team from the weekend there, you've got your starting three, which will probably be the starting three next week as well, uh, which is McGregor, O'Reilly and Hitati, and then next man up is Turnbull. Uh, And then after that, it's uh, McCarthy. Uh, And that's mainly because Moy's a month away and because Gucci's injured. So McCarthy uh, today is the fifth choice centre mid. So that... well, if he if that in last year he was mostly like seventh and eighth in the line. So, if he's going to be taking that spot, he needs to have raised his game uh, since last year. So, hopefully, he has. If he is going to contribute,
1: because Go that's point the point thing. He on. only is where he is now on account of Beaton and Rogic having left. That, that's that's
0: the thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's moved him up the rotation a couple of spots. Yeah. But yet, yeah, um, I think realistically, it's. Do we need another midfielder? We've all said we wanted another defensive midfielder brought in, but then would would Ange play with a pure out and out defensive midfielder? No, he wouldn't. He wants a deep line playmaker more there. That's why he's brought Moy in because Callum McGregor when he plays in the six, what does he do?
2: Well, he
0: some of the cuts off the ball and he puts long passes in. Moy, same sort of thing. So it makes a bit of sense there. But I still would have loved that Vera to come to us, but it looks like he's gone to a Brazilian team.
2: In some of the preseason games, Joe Hart's been the out and out defensive midfielder.
0: <laughs> I made a fearless prediction when I told the boys and Axe on what we do on this pod. And I said, Yep, my fearless prediction is Joe Hart's going to score a goal because of where his position was on the field. Now, whether that's he scores a goal for us or he does something stupid because of his position and it's an own goal, he's still going to score one.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I remember it was actually worse in last preseason how high uh, Barkas was, and it kind of, once the season proper started, it calmed down, so I'm wondering if that's going to happen again, but who knows? Like, it might just be that Postacoglio was waiting until a preseason to actually, because Joe Hart did come in late, so it might be he's been waiting for this chance to get it into him, but um, like I said, there was signs of this last year that didn't materialize when the games actually kicked off so yeah. we've
0: got another comment here from michael and says we're still active in the transfer market where does everyone think we need strengthened we'll go with you first Liam.
1: um yeah i would like to see uh not necessarily a defensive but um a, a very a more physically imposing midfielder brought in our midfield now is a wee bit lightweight i think um just a, a good strong enforcer type for midfield um and possibly, um, possibly one more, uh, one more defensive cover, um, on the uh, uh, in the centre, um, because we don't know how long Starfield's going to be injured. Uh, Jens is going to need time to settle in. Um, if Carter Vickers gets injured, we're in big trouble. So, you know.
0: Oh come on now. For me, that's what I was talking about earlier, saying we've got to get guys out before we get guys in. So mm. during since our last podcast, there's been a couple of rumours of players going out, and one of the guys was Stephen Welsh to lose in France. Celtic rejected it. Now, for me, I agree, yeah. unless we, we're bringing someone else in. But realistically, you've got Jens, staff Starfeld. So that's your fourth-string centre-back. Now... You've also still have Julian there as well. So, do we sign another one? Which you're saying they Liam, to do that, hmm. or yep. does that mean if does Julian just stay the stay play out his contract and go at the end of the season? That's the other option you've got if something happened to Carter Vickers. But Stephen Welsh did to lose should Celtic have accepted that deal? Sean, what's your take on that? And do you think we would yeah, have send I- him? A-
2: yeah, I agree with exactly what you're saying, Jared. Um, I think the only, even if you look at our failed transfers for Vinicius and for Vera, uh, it looks like the only position we're actually looking to add uh, numbers to is that one centre mid. But as the question says for Michael, where do we need strengthened? And if you're talking about strengthening, then you're talking about Julian and Ayeti out and bringing in a, a more suitable centre back and, and Yeti doesn't have to be replaced with an out striker. It can be someone that can play in the wing as well. And Maeda can be the auxiliary striker. But yeah, uh, that's the two so obviously we not obviously, but I believe we need to add a centre mid. And I believe we need to strengthen uh uh by addition and subtraction at centre back and somewhere in the forward line.
0: Well you're talking about the forward line and that ties into the next one that I wanted to bring up because stories today that Mikey Johnson's going to go out on loan. Uh, Rumours are that there's a couple of Scottish clubs interested. There's a couple of championship and league one clubs in England interested. And there's also Ronnie Dahlia is interested, uh, taking him over to Belgium to standard Liège. So what do you guys think we should do with Mikey? Where would you prefer him to see him loaned? Stay in Scotland, go play for Ronnie, go back down to whatever, go back down south what would you guys think is best for Mikey personally as a footballer? And second of all, best for Celtic? Because what you're saying, Sean, is you want to bring someone in across the front. I'd want someone who can play multiple positions because we've got Jota, we've got Maeda who can play left. But then if you want to play one of them as a striker, you want to play Jota on the right, you need someone else as another option on the left. So what do you guys think? First of all, Mikey Johnson – where should he go on loan? Second of all, what what do you think we should do with that position if he does move on?
2: Well, it's a, it's a risk to the squad if you do let him go out on loan because he has that uh, fifth choice. We talked about it before, like having uh, big teams have uh, a fifth choice fullback that can play on either side and or they have a fifth choice winger that can play on either side that will set, you know, fill in when someone of the first four uh, choices is injured. Uh, so it's risky in that sense. But... It could be a gamble worth taking to get more long-term gain out of a player that we have a long-term contract on and uh, has a lot of potential. Um, I didn't like the sound of the Scottish loans. It's tempting uh, because you can see him every week and he can potentially uh, hurt Sevco and other rivals in the league. But I think uh, what Mikey Johnson needs is a consistent run of games and probably in a league where people aren't just going to kick a shout at him every week. So that top flight of Belgium did great. Uh, did wonders for Jack Hendry, and I think it could be a winner if Mikey Johnston is actually going to get a game uh, when he goes out there as well
1: Yeah I would agree the The Belgium move is the best move for him in terms of developing as a player, it's the best move for Celtic in terms of protecting their asset because like you say in Scotland he's going to have guys trying to kick him up and down the park every week Um but I just hope that we don't make the same mistake we made with Hendry and make sure it is clear that it's a loan and not a loan to buy. Because yep. uh, if he does show the same improvement that Hendry did, you know, you're suddenly looking at a seven or eight million pound player there. So
0: keep going if it's been Belgium top flight. There's been wingers and that going out of there the last few years for ten to fifteen.
1: Possibly, every yeah. week.
0: So if he does yep. the same thing that Jack Hendry did in that league And with him being a winger and his age profile and everything, you're easily looking at at eight figures. Mm. I don't know who would pay that, but that's just off what that market's been doing. I had a look into that earlier today when I saw that link. Mm. But with Mikey, you said, Sean, about that fifth winger, usually who can play both sides. His name is James Forrest. Because you currently have Maeda and Jodder, who can play left. You've got Jodder, and you've got... Uh, a barter who can play right so that guy so you've got a barter. sorry Jota and you've got Forest, who can play both sides so you've got coverage
2: no because you've got Maida Jota barda and Forest. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's four players but you've got two guys who can cover both sides that's oh yeah yeah of is.
2: course yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I guess I just meant yeah. a fifth player but yeah
0: yeah I get what you mean I'm just saying like just purely on squad balance like that, I wouldn't be too stressed I'd like Next to see we'll- I come in as the fifth option then
2: there you go. I tell, I tell you who I like Rocko more. Gunner. That's the one I was gonna the name I was gonna say, sorry, Jared, for kinda of cutting you there. Uh Rocovata really impressed me in preseason. He still looks like he's got a bit of filling out to do and stuff, but his touch and stuff looks just incredible. Like he looks like a prospect. He looks I'm I'm I was very impressed with him in preseason. Mm. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the thing about having the B team. I We should be looking this year like, OK, who were the stars of that team last year and do we give them a shot in the first team squad? And I haven't seen much of him, but from what I saw in pre-season and what I've read about him elsewhere, Vata sounds like the one that's got the real chance of actually stepping up to the first team and doing something. So, yeah.
0: He's got the... The way people are talking him up at the moment is the way people are talking up Karamoko when Brendan Rogers come to the club. That's the way I'm hearing it. But I've seen more from Varda this preseason than I saw from Karamoko at the same age. So I'm not saying they're the same player, the same situation is going to happen. We have pathways in place as a club now, so it's good to see. But yeah, I'd like to see both Moffat and Varda given given a chance this season especially domestically or in the league cup or whatever.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, especially if we end up doing anything in the Champions League, we're going to need to draw heavily on the squad for for league games and cup games and whatever. The positive, though, earlier in the week in Europe, which
0: means Saturday games for us.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. Except for this week for some stupid reason. Yeah, that's... That's a perfect segue for me, Sean.
0: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) On the weekend, we've got um, playing Aberdeen on Flag Day and um, 4.30 on a Sunday in class. Madness.
2: Madness. The trains aren't even running. 1.30
0: in the morning, Monday morning, Melbourne time. Absolute prick of a time. Um,
1: And you know the worst thing? I've got my medical at work on Monday morning. Right, So I can't even eat or drink after half nine on Sunday night. So there goes having a couple of cans and watching the game.
2: <laughs> I mean, in previous years, we've missed the game because we've done that thing where we could postpone our first game. But like, why the heck are we not the first game? And the first game, you know, flag, first game of the weekend, season opener on the TV, I don't get that. Why are Sevco on Saturday at 12 and we're on Sunday, our send of Sunday Sunday?
0: Makes no sense at all, and that was what I was just about to say is like you'd think the team who won the compla season before would be the opening game shown, but you know, you never figure it out with his TV deals over there. So, um, oh well, we'll figure only, it out.
2: The only thing I can think of is Sevco might have a European game, uh, after,
1: yeah, they do, it's... they do, but I, th- I thought it was Wednesday, I don't think it's Tuesday.
2: Yeah, but I mean, when they're scheduling it, they wouldn't have known. If so it's if it's a
1: Wednesday service. game, then they have to play on the Saturday. Yeah. All right. No, no, they, no they don't fine. have to,
2: but they wouldn't have known when they're scheduling no, that's it. Right. it. Could, could be interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh well, yeah. It looks like it's potential illegal stream CSC time for me on that game. <laughs> All right. So, back to Aberdeen. What are you boys expecting from the game? Do you want to go through your starting lineup? What you What you're thinking, Sean? And then your I- score prediction.
2: I don't think it's difficult. It'll be the same one, maybe one change at the most, uh, if somebody's kind of looking a bit sluggish at training or whatever, but it'll be the same team as the Norwich game. Um, Starfelt's not going to be ready. uh, Moritz Jens is not going to be ready. All these players are not going to be ready to be starting next week, so it will be that same 11, I think. Um, I literally can't think of any change I would make. Uh, I reckon Aberdeen are actually going fairly well to start the season. I think if, if I read it correctly, they've won 4 out of 4 in the League Cup. I get that it's just a glorified pre-season, but it's got a bit more intensity than the actual pre-season. So they should, on paper, they might actually be a bit sharper than us. And they've got some good players now. Uh, with this new kind of post-Brexit player permit thing, uh, we're actually starting to see a kind of return to the early 2000s where like journeymen are coming in from like Eastern European leagues that don't have any caps and are signing for Alex Aberdeen. So it's not something I'm being used to seeing in previous years, but if you actually kind of look at their squad on Wikipedia, there's quite an array of flags uh, associated with the Aberdeen squad. So I I do think it will be a tough game. I think it will be close. Um, I'm hoping that being at home and having the crowd behind us and having... Close to a fully fit squads will give us the edge, and it, it does feel a bit like a 2 0 game to me. Uh, it's kind of similar to the Norwich one, uh, but I, I think Aberdeen for straight is uh, and the earlier we get the goal, the more comfortable we'll be.
1: I, um, I was going to go 2 0 as well, actually. Yeah. Um, the one possible change is up front. Um, the question of do we start with Kyogo or Giacomacchus up front? Um, and I think Giacomacchus might be the better option just for the type of team that Aberdeen are. But we'll wait and see on that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was my thing I was going to say there, Liam. I was like, <laughs> with everything Sean said, squad, I thought it'd be the same, but I thought, I didn't think mm-hmm. Kyogo did well in the first half on last weekend because he wasn't getting much service because our big physical... Center back pairing, so I thought, yeah, more likely it'd be Jackamakis who'd start Kyogo coming on last half hour to terrorize So, yeah. 2 0, then Kyogo will come on, and then it will end up 4 0. All right, hope so. Hope you're right. Really? I just thought I'd do that for you know some variety, so we're not all saying 2 0. <laughs>
2: You have to remember okay. as well that uh, Liam Scales can't play, so their team's going to be a bit shifted about as well, so hopefully that'll disrupt them.
1: Well, that's right. Aye.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so. It'll it'll be, um,
2: assuming he can't play.
0: <laughs> the other thing I'm hoping to see on Flag Day, when I watch the game, is that I see more people there than empty seats in the lower tier. Like, I know it's pre-season the last two games, but considering last weekend was a sellout... And there was so many empty seats there. I want to see full Celtic, Celtic park, like full house. Just get it chockers. I know it will be, but yeah,
2: let's get, get, well, get, get It's sold out. It's sold out.
0: Yeah. I know there was issues last weekend where a lot of the Irish CSCs couldn't get across, couldn't get across oh. on the uh, ferry. So that had a massive part in it, but hmm. yeah, just want to say full, full house for, for flag day. And, uh, Hit the ground, run an early goal, and yeah.
2: Who, who do you reckon is going to do the, the whole ceremony presentation crap beforehand or whatever? Who normally does it? It's normally the chairman, right? That's no, normally a former player comes out, isn't it? And does it? I'm sure Peter Logo's done it in the past, is he not? I remember he Fergus McCann did no. it and got booed. Remember '98, he yeah. got booed doing it. Yeah. I remember Brian Quinn's done it before. But, yeah, you're right. I don't know who it is year on year, to be
1: honest. Who was that bloke get, who Can we get Craig the... White to do it, just for comedy value? <laughs>
0: <laughs> who was the bloke who was our... Um, who came in from Scottish rugby and then pissed off after about three seconds oh, in the job? Dominic Mackay. Get, get Dominic Mackay to come do it, because that'll be the most <laughs> time we would have seen him on Saudi Park in front of a crowd at all.
1: He's the one um, guy no one would predict would going to do it, that's all
2: I think. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they, they definitely get the former players for Trophy Day, but I can't... It's always someone... I'm sure it's always someone from the boardroom for the flag day. So it could be Michael Nicholson. It could be. Mm. We'll find out. Let's
0: get Derek McKinnison just for shits and giggles. Even though <laughs> he's an expert. Chris,
2: Chris Boyd, Boyd. I want Chris Boyd to <laughs> do it. Uh...
0: <laughs> now, nah, put everyone, Chris Sutton. Get him in, because that'll, that'll <laughs> wind up in the media done oh. sorted anyway so we're at that time halfway point of the podcast um it's time for fearless predictions for the mm-hmm. upcoming season boys this could get a little wild it could get a little bit uh little boring depends what you want but what we'd like from you got anyone tuning in is when we ask the when we're discussing what we're going to say put your comments comment put in what you think in the comments section really want to do is we'll bring some up on the screen so first one fearless prediction is who will win the league this season
2: are you asking me or just throwing just it just in there? general because uh, if
0: anyone says anything but Celtic you're off the podcast
2: uh <laughs> I think it will be man say. um <laughs> be more precise with your question Jared uh yes, yes <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> uh, that's it. You're yep. the off the <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I think it will be Celtic as well. No question. Got to, got to start with an easy one. That's why I did that. Next question is, who will get relegated this season?
2: Uh, so I had a look at the table beforehand and it's looking a bit stronger than before and God, I hope it's Kilmarnock or Livingston just so we've got one fewer uh, artificial surface. But uh, I'm kind of swaying between St. Johnston and St. Mirren, to be totally honest. I mean, St. Mirren are currently, they're both sitting bottom of the table at present. Uh, So, I don't really see them climbing (laughs) off there anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, But no, in all seriousness, I do actually think St. Mirren uh, are are definitely, uh, and I think St. Johnston are struggling as well. Um, And I also think Hibs will be down there. I don't think Hibs are going to have a great season. But yeah, I'm going to say St. Mirren.
1: Uh hmm. I hope Kilmarnock. I think St. man Um but like like you just said, Sean, Hibs have looked absolutely shocking in the couple of League Cup games. I've seen them in the last couple of weeks. They could get sucked into it if they're not careful.
2: hmm
0: So for me I was I'm hoping it's Livy. <laughs> yeah. And we've got a few people in the comments. Strange Love the Doctor. Livy with any luck. Michael Ross. Oh, I hope it's Livy. There you go. So we've got a few yeah, there that are agreeing with us. So there you go. Who will be the leading scorer? Now this one. Who will be Celtics leading scorer and who will be the league leading scorer? So we'll go to you I,
2: first, Sean. I think it'll be the same and uh I think it'll come down to injury, really, whether it's Kyogo or Jack And, Marcus, and if injury is not a factor, I, I'm going to say Kyogo. Not the most bold prediction, I'm, I know, but that's, I'm just extrapolating from last year.
0: I know who Liam's going to say already. So if I'm take the words Eddie Mouthline. <laughs> going to be on, Matsumoto Yamaga's own Dezuma matter <laughs>
1: That would be the hopeful one. The realistic one, I'm going to say Kyogo. Um, but, but I don't think that Celtic's top goal scorer is going to be the league's top goal scorer, because I think you're going to have a spread of goals. I think you're going to have Jota, Maeda, Jacka Marcus, Kyogo, and possibly Abada all getting like between ten to fifteen goals each throughout the season. You'll have Matt O'Reilly chipping in with eight to ten as well. Um, you know. It, I, I think there's going to be a spread of goals across the whole team. So, top goalscorer for Celtic will be Kyogo, but the league top goal scorer I hate to say it, might be that little shite Morelos. Um, just because he's their main man, whereas we have about three or four main men.
0: So, so for me, it's... Um, I think... Maeda will be our leading scorer. Hmm. And I thought the overall league one, I was going to say Christian Ramirez at Aberdeen, really rate him from what I've seen, but it looks like he's leaving because he's number nine tops been taken off him and he's rumored to be leaving. Yeah, So I'm going with Bodan Miofsky, his replacement up at Aberdeen. Big uh, Macedonian center forward. That's who I'm going with. Something a little outside the... That's all the box here.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. What about uh, Shankland at Hearts has got a shout as well, I think.
0: Aye, has that, he done, it? has done it good. in the Premier League? He's done it in the lower leagues in Scotland, but has he done it in the top flight?
2: He did okay at Dundee United, yeah. It wasn't amazing, but he got a transfer to Belgium from there. So, yeah, he's, He scored that goal from the halfway line. But yeah, you're right, he wasn't consistent. But if he's found some professionalism, then he'll definitely be at risk of doing it. Fair enough.
0: Who will get the most red cards this season?
2: Um, probably the same as last year. Uh, what was his name? White Hubs. Porteous? Porteous, yeah.
1: Hmm. I'm going to go for a wild card one here. I'm going to say Alan McGregor of Rangers. Because I I want they're, making up, they're making him their first choice keeper this season and he's passed it. He is going to pull people down that run past him for penalties. He's going to get into scuffles with people because as it becomes more apparent he doesn't have it anymore, his temperament will go. And there comes a point where even if you're playing for Rangers, if you lash out so blatantly, you're going to get a red card.
2: VR could shaft them as well.
1: Aye. Aye. The amount of times he has a wee fly elbow when the referee's not watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
2: And that's
0: why I'm going for either Scott Arfield with this one or for what's the other bloke's name? John Lundstrom, one of those two. Once VAR comes in. It could be called out. Lundstrom
1: should have had about three or four red cards last season. So yeah. Exactly.
0: See if we've got anyone in the comments here. There we go. I like this one. Some Fanny from Sevco.
1: Well, that's what I said,
0: wasn't it? So, you know. Who will be the first team to sack their manager this season? I'm going first, Hibs.
2: Since uh, that one
0: Gordon bloke has bought them, he's just been sacking guys, so there you go.
2: It's true, they did sack two managers last year. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that one. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man, I can't actually argue with that. Um, Who else could it be?
0: Ibs are the Watford of the Scottish League, where a new manager every three or four months.
2: Who's at St. Martin now? Who's this St. Martin manager? I nah, don't know. will check for you. While, yeah.
0: we, while we're checking, Liam can give his two cents.
1: Right. Um. Are we, now, just, just for the clarity here, are we talking about who's going to be the first one to be sacked or who's going to be the first one to leave a club?
0: Well, that's why I went sacked, because last year we we had this conversation as well. So if it's leaving, I think it'll be Callum Davidson or leave St. Johnson on his own accord. If it's sacked, I think it'll be Hibbs.
1: Right. Callum Davidson, I agree with you. I think he could go somewhere, possibly in England. Um, But sacking? Okay, I'm going to say it. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Nice. Because I think rangers entire season could implode by october i see them getting bounced out of the champions league i see them losing the first glasgow derby to us and if those two things happen they are looking at and they don't get off to a flyer in the europa league which they might well not if they get a group as hard as we got last year um suddenly people will turn on him very very quickly so he could be gone by October, November
0: time. So come back to you, Sean. Steve Robinson, the old yep. Motherwell manager, is the is the St. Mirren manager. Oh, and ticker. I'd like to um add another person to my red card, leading red card person. St Mirren have a guy who played for Western Sydney over here in the A called Keanu Backus. He'll get a couple. He doesn't mm. shirk a tackle.
2: Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, midfielder. Yeah, no, I'm taking Stephen Robinson. Uh, I think Submarine also don't mind sacking a manager. Um, But yeah, that's hard to, to be honest, it is hard to argue against Hibs being the first ones.
0: Okay, next one is who will be the player of the season? So we can go Celtics player of the season, the league player of the season. And then who will be the signing of the season? for all clubs, and also for Celtic. We'll put two of them together here. So, player of the season, Sean, who do you reckon that'll be? Uh,
2: now, I was thinking about this coming into tonight, and I wanted to say Rio Hitati, but I think f- there's a bias towards players that score goals. Uh, and if Kyogo had not been injured uh, in the second half of the season, he would have strolled to player of the year. So I'm going to say he gets it uh, this year. But... I'm going to say he doesn't get the Celtic player one. I'm going to say that Hatati gets the Celtic player of the year. So I reckon Kyogo wins the SPFL one, but Hatati wins the Cobb one.
1: So we'll stick with just player of the year. Liam, over to you. Right. Uh, Celtic player of the year, I'm going to go for Maeda. Because I think if you're talking about like player's player, I think other players appreciate the effort that guy puts in, even when it's maybe not necessarily happening for him. Mm-hmm. Um League Player of the Year, I'm going to go for Joe Hart. Because I think there's going to be some goalkeeping heroics needed, especially in Europe if we're going to get anywhere this year. And uh, Joe still has the chance to fight for a World Cup place because there is no great single goalkeeper in England at the moment. So if we can do some damage in Europe and he has good performances, he's still got a chance in that World Cup squad. So I think, yeah, Joe Hart.
0: So, player of the season for me, strange though the doctor agrees with me, it's Jota. Hmm. And that's for both club and league. Actually, hmm. no, that's the league. Club will be CalMac.
2: Uh, yeah, you... Jota did win three player of the month last year, which nobody's ever done before. So, it's definitely a possibility.
0: And he didn't even win it because Calmac won it last thing. That took the easy yeah. option on one. Who <laughs> <laughs> will be Celtic's signing of the season? And then who will be the signing of the season at the other clubs out there?
2: Well, the signing of the season for the other clubs is already decided. Uh, Rocky Bashiri signing for Hibs by accident was hilarious and clearly wins <laughs> the awards. Uh, where they thanked him for uh, his services and sent him on his way. And then Oh, no, he, he actually signed because he triggered uh, a signing clause that we had and we didn't realise. So that's definitely the signing of the season already. Um, gotcha. Celt- yeah, Celtic signing of the season. Oh.
0: I'll let you put Jota and Carter Vickers in because we've actually proper signed them, if you want. And Maeda, mm. yep. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, man, that kind of makes it too easy then. Uh, or difficult in a, di- in a different way. Um, yeah, OK, including those, I'll go with Carter Vickers f- based on European performances.
1: Okay, uh, I'm, come, I'm come going back to say to Bernabe. I'll say Bernabe is going to be our signing of the season. I, uh, I see good defensive qualities there but very very good qualities going forward as well which we haven't really had since, since Kieran Tierney so uh, I'm not saying he's as good as Kieran Tierney but I think we could finally have an actual heir apparent there so yeah, Bernabe And for the league? Eh... Uh, hmm. See, it's difficult to say because there'll probably be a lot more signings between now and the, the window closing. But that's um, what's feelless lame. Was just, it's just, <laughs> just <laughs> back Oh, down god. I'll, um,
0: I'll give you my one then if you want. I'll give you some more thinking time.
1: No, I tell you uh, what, I'll, right? I'll give you, I'll give you one now, right? I'll give you one now. I don't know where he's going to end up, but Lee Griffiths is currently training with Livingston. Apparently, is doing really well. Don't know if they're going to offer him a contract, but wherever he goes. He's going to score goals because I think he's finally got his head together. So Lee Griffiths of club yet to be decided.
0: Fair enough. So for me, our our best signing will be Moritz Jens. I think he'll, um, he'll do great in our back line. Give us some stability. And the fact that he was the guy that Ange wanted last season before we even got Carter Vickers says it all. Um, Signing of the season for the rest of the league will be everyone's resources that have been pulled together from the other clubs to pay for VAR, so they get a lot of those dodgy penalties against them, you know, overturned by VAR. So signing of the season for everyone else is that there's going to be VAR in Scotland now.
2: (laughs) I, th- I think uh, add, one
0: you know, times Rangers got late penalties last season and the year when they won it, if you add all that up, how many points to take off them, it completely changes the, the whole complexion of the lower half of the league and who's getting those European spots. So for me, that's that's my reason. What are you going to say, Sean?
2: I was going to say a name that uh, I've been hearing a lot uh talk about is Dylan Levitt at Dundee United. Uh, He was there on loan, but he's now permanent signing. But uh, they reckon he's uh, just here to win a bigger move by the end of this season. So there's a lot of chat uh, and high hopes about him. Uh, And another another one I don't think will be a signing of the season, but I'm interested to see, is uh, Kerr McEnroy at Kilmarnock. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he does uh, getting a game every week in the top flight.
0: We'll give Liam some more thinking time. My serious answer, though, for signing of the season for other clubs will be uh, Mark Birgitte, goalkeeper at Dundee United, who's coming from Central Coast Mariners.
2: I'm trying to take these out as you're saying them, but I don't know how to Don't worry, I'll well. listen to
1: <laughs> <laughs> Liam? No, I'm, I'm sticking with Lee Griffiths. I think he's going to be... I think he's going um, to do well wherever he does end up. Cool. Um,
0: just thought I'd re-clarify it, just in case yeah. something else popped in your head. Who will nope. be Celtic's most improved player this season? I'll go first,
2: just to shit Sean. Carl, start out once he's fit.
1: <laughs>
2: what do you mean? He was absolutely amazing last year. How could they possibly get any better? Um, <laughs> Liam, you want to go first here?
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Greg Taylor. Because yeah. I think he did well. He did well last season, but I think now that there's genuine competition for his position, it's going to push him on to be even better.
0: I was just about to query you then because you said our, our signing of the season would have been was Burnaby, and then mm-hmm. you go now. Most improved will be his competition. So makes sense.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. To raise each other's levels. That's what we like. Exactly.
2: Uh, I think it's going to be Hitati, and I know he was very good last year, but I think the Tate we've seen in those first three games we're going to get him and he's going to be even a level above that so I think by the end of the season we'll be saying where the hell did that come from and eight figure transfer fees, all that sort of stuff
1: Aye well based on what I saw of him before he went to Celtic we have only seen a fraction of what he's capable of so far, That's, I can say that confidently
0: And next one is who will be our unsung hero of the season?
2: Oh, unsung. Uh...
0: So basically last season's Tony Ralston, the way he just came out of nowhere, that's what this question's based on. Right. Uh... I have two names in my head. Strange love the doctor. He's already saying it's going to be Ralston again.
2: <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, yeah, I could actually, yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah. Um... I'll give you some things
0: in he- time then. If you want, I'll, I'll rattle a couple then. Mm-hmm. David Turnbull, if he gets up to speed with uh, one touch football, which he looks like he has so far this preseason, I think he'll be a uh, he'll put some good pressure on O'Reilly, and that means O'Reilly and Turnbull the way those two are playing, they're going to improve each other. So we won't really miss Rogic. That's hurts to say that. The other one I'm thinking of will be Aaron Moy. I think second half of the season, he's going to just, he's going to be pushing hard in that midfield.
2: Hmm. I'm going to say James Forrest. I think he can contribute a lot more than he's done over the last two years and I reckon Andrew's seen something to give him a three-year contract.
0: He always comes up with some goals. Happy in the comments is saying Gucci.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Gucci. Um, I think Gucci is going to be this season's near beat-on. A guy who might not necessarily play every week, but he's going to become a very, very important member of the squad because he can step into pretty much any part of the midfield whenever we have an injury there. And I think he's going to come in and do well. So, yeah, Gucci.
0: So, Mark Duffy in the comments has... Has put this in. What is be- the best thing about all the predictions? Is everyone has chosen a different player. Perfect squad built by Ange.
2: Yep. To be, to be fair, in the past we've all kind of uh, piled on players like uh, Moel Yunusi, and all been quite <laughs> wrong.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So here comes the fun one, Sean. This is your question. So, which? So the question Sean sent through, and I misunderstood it was. It was, who will be the first to get banned from iBrox this season? So I thought he was talking about media outlets, but he was talking about individual. Could be either. So, let's, let's see either. Either or. So for me, what they just sorted out their BBC issues, haven't they? hmm
2: I'll
0: give them two matches and then they'll kick off again. So the BBC. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I stole my thunder on that one, Jared. Yep. I was. I, um. Just while we're on that subject, how utterly cowardly was that statement from the BBC about that? Just yep. absolute bags. cowardice. Sharp um, eggs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Aye, and the thing is, I know that not everybody at the BBC is necessarily a fan of Sevco, so uh, there'll be a lot of internal voices within the BBC, no happy about that, and ones mm-hmm. who will take every opportunity to have a wee go and, like you say, give it a couple of matches. If Sevco aren't winning, which I don't think they will be, they'll throw the toys at the pram, and, as usual, they'll look to blame somebody else for their own failings, but it'll be the BBC.
2: Hmm. So, yeah. Am I right in saying that uh, Sutton and Lennon are still banned, or is that not a thing? W- were else?
1: they actually banned, though, or were they just said that we can't guarantee your safety? So it's kind of like a soft oh, ban on. in a sense. You're right, but uh, come on. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, it is, is in effect a band, but what I mean is, like, Rangers never actually said to them, You're not welcome here. You know what I
2: mean? They just didn't want they, they just wanted to be, <laughs> you know, circumcept about it. Um, so, we've got one here from Michael Ross, Big Packy Bonner. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's, I guess, he'll be stepping up his BBC coverage. Uh, yeah, that's like, that, man. Like, Everyone in the BBC is right in the firing line. The one that kept my mind was Kenny McIntyre, but then it occurred to me he's got a new job where he won't actually be out the studio anyway, because he's doing um, uh, what's his name's job? The Aberdeen guy. Um,
1: uh, Richard Gordon.
2: Yeah, so he's taken over for uh, Richard Gordon. Uh, so he won't shouldn't technically be going to Ibrox anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's. The, the other one that I thought of might be James McFadden for being too finny you uh, know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I think, yeah, whatever one is, if any of Lennon, Hartson or Sutton are not currently banned, they'll be
1: banned. Has uh, uh, Has Michael Stewart been banned yet?
2: No, he was part of the... He, yeah. he got name-checked individually in that apology, uh, as in Sevco's. Statement was: We thank the BBC and and Michael Stewart. Like is it BBC and Michael Stewart? So Michael Stewart actually got a specific name check in the apology.
1: Uh, I'll tell you now: He he would have had very little, if any, input into that because he doesn't seem not. the type that would apologise for anything. Um, no. Nah. So I I'll go for Michael Stewart as the I we double BBC and Michael Stewart to both be out of Ibrox by October. <laughs> <laughs> Closely followed by the manager. <laughs> <laughs> An okay.
0: the next yeah. one is what will the ticket allocation split be at the Glasgow Derbies this year? So for me, I highly doubt we're going to go back to the old way. I think it will still be the seven, 800 tickets each. That's pretty much it. I yeah. don't see it going back to the old days where it was 8,000 or whatever each at a game, where which is how it should be. But, you know, I can't see that, that petty mob, you know, Doing that because if they pull out the Sydney Super Cup to bow down to their fans, there's no way they're gonna do that at Ibrox. So what do you think, Liam?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you. You know, yeah. they uh they pulled out of the Sydney Cup, they pulled out of the sponsorship deal. Your dad we, should have out. The only sad thing is their dads didn't pull out, it's just what I was gonna say, yeah. Um, yeah, they uh aye, it's uh It's going to stay the way it is, and it's purely, purely because of bitterness and uh, narrow-mindedness. And honestly, if I was in Celtic's position, I would just say to them, well, you know what, just beat it. You get nothing from us then. Um, Because especially if we go there and beat them and beat them comprehensively, as I think we're well capable of doing this year, I wouldn't want to be one of those seven or 800 Celtic fans surrounded by 50,000 rabid Huns who've just watched their team get completely horsed. You know? Um, I can see things turning ugly very quickly, and I don't see the security at Ibrox being particularly quick to shut it down either. Um, there are all manner of stories, not just from Celtic fans, but from fans of various clubs this season, um, that, uh, you know, Rangers fans were, throwing bottles of piss at people, throwing coins at them, spitting on them, racially abusing them. You know, this kind of stuff happens every week to LA supporters at Ibrooks. And there comes a point where I think Celtic need to just say, look, either give us a full stand or, or piss off, basically. And I don't know if the club would do that because it then makes them the bad guys of the piece, if you like, from the from the media narrative. But I think that's what needs to be done to put an end to this childish nonsense.
2: Anyway, to to answer the question, uh, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you both. Uh, as as uh, they're they're just trying to assert dominance or control, uh, like a toddler taking a piss on the rug just because it wants to assert some control, uh, <laughs> and it's sim- so they're going to maintain that and anything else that they can. Like the BBC thing, whatever they feel they can control.
1: Although, from the Hun's point of view, that's a step up from drinking their own pesh, isn't it? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I,
0: I told, I was throwing me missus before the pod about this these things, the other fields predictions. And she said, when you get to this one, can you mention my fields prediction? And her one was, we're going to do them 4 0 in the first derby of the season. Oh. So I thought, uh, I said, if I remember, I'll do it. So I'm throwing my wife's fearless prediction in at this point as well. Because while we're talking about the derbies,
2: mate, I'm going to a fucking wedding that day. It's my fucking brother's wedding. I cannot get out of it.
1: Oh, no.
2: I'm fucking raging, honestly. Because I'm going over for his wedding and I'm like, so when the fixtures was released, I was like, oh, yes, here we go. What games am I going to see when I'm over there? And then fucking. Derby right on the Saturday where he's getting married um, oh, I'm gutted man I'm gutted
1: that,
0: anyone is, watching he, is he YouTube marrying YouTube? a Celtic
1: supporter? I've got is to
2: not, ask no, <laughs> Oh no,
0: no. <laughs> so Anyone watching on YouTube looking at Sean right now can see the eyes of rage that are just coming, the disappointment yeah. it's perfect <sighs> to his brother Good the luck.
2: good luck mm. Sean's
0: brother
1: <laughs> well
0: alright so on to the, we've got two more to go for the fewest predictions. Mm-hmm. So how will Celtic perform in Europe this year, Sean?
2: Uh, hmm. uh, last sixteen of the Europa League, I think. That's right. So not the sorry. I guess it's technically because now it's two rounds of sixteen, so it'll be the we'll get to we'll get through one round of the Europa League to the the one after that. Is that right? The the Champions League dropouts
0: play... Basically, you're saying we'll finish third in our Champions League group. We'll drop down Mm -hmm. to the Europa League. So then we'll win win that round, the first round of qualifiers there. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: No, we'll only have one round if we drop down because it's...
2: I thought it was the Europa League group winners that got to buy. So did I. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... so, so Oh, that's right, yeah. Second place Europa oh, yeah. teams play against Champions League third place teams.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, so we'll win that one, and then we'll get knocked out in the next one. You're saying?
2: Yeah.
1: I think we'll go one beyond that. I think we'll get to the last eight of the Europa. I think we'll third place in the Champions League, come through the come through the uh, the, the knockout round, come through the last sixteen, and then last eight, we'll we'll go it. That's
0: my prediction. I'm pretty happy with what both of you just said because for me, I've said the key thing is once you get to the knockout stages, I want to win. I want to win one knockout round at least, just to break that so called curse. That monkey that's on our back, get rid of it. And we've got some comments here. So Michael Ross has gone, I'd imagine an improvement on last season. And Strange Love the Doctor. Better than last year, but not all the way to the final. That's next season. Aye.
1: Aye. You don't you do, you do it, do it to spoil it all by getting it all at once. You know, build it up, will you? I agree with that.
0: So, yeah, for sure. me, it'll be third in the Champions League. Uh, I think we'll play against an English team in the Champions League and beat them down there. It'll send a nice little message to, to um what's the guy's name? Dean Smith. The Norwich manager, you know, because we're just, you know almost uh what's it called almost a a premiership team so we'll beat a premiership team just for fun and then um last one
2: you didn't actually see where we were going to get to you just said third in champions league
0: yeah and i said i'll agree with you guys like
2: okay i would be happy with
0: winning uh no i said i'll be happy to win one knockout round. now okay fine we're getting to the last four of the Europa League. There you go. Last four.
2: There you go. <laughs> I that's was looking for some fun. firm commitment there, Sharon. We won't We won't get to the final because, you know,
0: I don't know where the Europa League final is being paid. Michael's put that in the comments there. But I don't know where it's being played.
2: But hung- Hungary. Is it Hungary? And Ferenc Puskas oh Stadium? Is that right? Brilliant. You've
1: oh, we
0: got to win it uh, now because who's our gaffer? Yeah.
1: That's got some all synergy out. there for Ange, die, If you were a chance yeah. to win
0: the Europa League with Ange, he'd he'd sacrifice league games for that. I'm telling you. You,
2: you may want to confirm that one. I'm going from memory here. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. No, when you when on. you
1: said that, it rang a bell with me as well. I think I think yeah. you're right. All right, uh, last
2: question,
0: boys. Uh, How many players yeah. will play at the World Cup this year?
2: Right. So um, I was trying to find it. You dropped this question on us, so I didn't really have a time to kind of dissect the squad and figure it out. Uh, but obviously, Juranovic is a stick on. Uh, Moy is a, well, maybe not a stick on, but Moy is going, in my opinion. Uh, I reckon three Japanese players, Hitati, Maeda, Kyogo, all go. Um and then I'm kind of struggling to figure out what other countries have qualified because Switzerland are there, but Segrist, as far as I know, is not in any of the teams. And uh, Yeti, I don't think, will make it. O'Reilly's an outside chance. So, how many have I said there? Is that five? All right. Oh, Carter Vickers will go. That's six. And uh, did Sweden and you qualify? I
1: one more. Did Sweden qualify? No, I don't know, I'm looking don't, at that now. Don't, don't think they did. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure they got knocked out in the playoffs. Same. The as other Scotland. one missing out is um, Juranovic.
2: I said them, that was the first one I said. Them. Oh, okay. I didn't no. hear Uh sorry. So, yeah, Juranovic, the three Japanese boys, Moy is five. There's the, they're the five stick ons for me, and I don't think. Switzerland, I think are the only country that caught, in Denmark are the only other outside chances, but I'd say probably not, unless I'm missing uh, something.
1: Okay. Um, I'm gonna the same as you've said. Three of the four Japanese: Carter, Vickers, Juranovic, Moy.
2: Oh, sorry, six. Yep, yeah, sorry, I keep forgetting Carter uh, Vickers, six.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think. I think Matt O'Reilly's going to get into the Denmark squad. He might not necessarily play, but I think he'll get into the squad. Um, I think... So, and here's here's the wild card one. I think Joe Hart is going to make the England squad as the eight, third, eight. third choice keeper. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm thinking seven. I don't think okay. Joe Hart will be in, but then I'm thinking... Yeah. The three Japanese boys will be in. Moy will be in the squad. Carter Vickers. Just quickly scanning through. Oh, okay, nah. Sweden didn't make it. Juranovic. Jota will make the squad, but I doubt he'll play because he's going to tear it up in the Champions League start of the season.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And O'Reilly. There you go. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know if that's seven or I think I may have gone more now. Anyway, whatever. My maths isn't great at this point in time.
1: Right. While we're talking about the World oh, Cup, can I?
0: There you go. Sorry, we left someone on. out. I What's thought that? Greece made it. Eh. Uh, no.
1: Just check that. I don't think. I did I didn't think so. thought so.
0: I then mean, we'll
1: check that. But anyway. Yep. Yeah, I'm just checking that now. Give me a wee second.
0: So while Liam's checking that, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to the Soak Down Under podcast through your podcast app and also on um, YouTube. If you're on Instagram, please give us a follow at Celtic Down. Twitter is the same, at Celtic Down. Facebook, we've got a group and a page on there. You can like and join the group. And, uh, yeah, the website, Soak Down Under, is currently offline, undergoing some... Uh, it's gonna be rejigged soon and then once that some um, relaunched I'll let you all know. You found anything, Liam? Yeah, Greece didn't Greece didn't make it, unfortunately. There you go. So with that in mind, final thought time boys. So I leave Liam till last. So Sean,
2: you wanna go? Uh I went to see a movie last night, um uh, where the crawdads sing. Thought it was gonna be like a to kill the mockingbirds kind of Murder mystery trial thing. No, it was just a chick flick. Um, so any guys that your missus wants you to go see it, think like the notebook is kind of like that, it's a bit shit. Um, it's just
0: directed at you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, my final thought just everyone, anyone who watches UFC would have seen earlier in the week. Um, there's a fighter from Liverpool, Paddy the Baddy, and he was mate, commit suicide you know, the day, one or two days before his fight. And he just said, send a really good message out there. Just, it's not weak to speak, boys. If you anyone's struggling or whatever, have a chat, check in on your mates. There's a lot going on in this world at the moment with, um, you know, people struggling financially, people's health and, men- and mental well-beings all over the place because of COVID and job losses and all that sort of shit. So I don't want to put a downer on the podcast, but please have a have a chat check on your friends and just keep an eye on each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Always a good sentiment. Uh,
1: um, yeah. I'm just going to close out by saying that uh, I've been uh, following the uh, political developments recently in Scotland. And uh, I wanted to just highlight something which is uh, bothered me a wee bit as a as a newspaper guy, you know, used to work for newspapers. Um, the Scotsman ran an editorial this week, which said, um, we 100% support the people of Ukraine. We believe that they are right to stand up to Russia and that every country has the right, every country's people has the right to determine their own future by their own means. And yet, at the same time, the Scotsman says it's, Scottish people should not be allowed another vote on independence. Hypocrisy at its finest.
0: Yep. I have to agree with you on that. So, um, yeah, mm. thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably around at the same time on Wednesday over over there. So, um, yeah, thanks again and how hail.
1: Hail, hail. hail. hail.
2: Go B.